there. This is 76 West, a podcast from the Lambert Center for Arts and Ideas at the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan. I'm Jason Blitman, and today is the last episode of our 2023 Summer Pride season, and I am so excited that I'm talking to Jay Harrison G., who recently won the Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical for their performance of Jerry slash Daphne in Some Like It Hot, where Jay made history, becoming the first non-binary performer to win that honor. Jay has been seen on Broadway and on tour starring in Kinky Boots, in Mrs. Doubtfire, and around the country at regional theaters and performing on cruise ships. And now, here's my conversation with Jay Harrison G. How are you today? I'm wonderful. I really am. Good. You it's feeling good? A busy day of meetings, but as my agent would say, champagne problems. Champagne problems. It's interesting, and not to dive into the heavy stuff immediately. So this is the fourth episode of JC Manhattan's Pride series for the podcast. I want to say from Jump, I am a cis white man and I'm grateful for your time and your presence and being here. But I also imagine that like you're a bit exhausted because all of the sudden with great power comes great responsibility. And so much of this content of yours, not only post-pandemic, but hello, post-Tony Award win, Mazel Tov. Thank you. I imagine you're like, okay, now I'm the spokesperson all of a sudden. No, but it's that's one of the things that has been so wonderful about this season of my life. That everybody's, oh, how do you feel? Are you overwhelmed? Is this like crazy? Is it wild? And it feels so aligned and in my purpose. Mm. So it's not beyond me. It's not something that is like blindsided me that I feel is like, where did this come from? It is just a natural progression of what my life is meant to be doing. And it's what you've been working toward. Truly. Right. I have. Like I said it in my Tony speech that like my mother raised me to understand that my gifts were not about me. Mm. I've lived my life knowing that, operating in that, but also with that same respect, again, too much is given, much is required. There is this thing of I have to rise to the occasion and use my voice, use my platform and this space to make a difference in the world. I could choose not to. Mm -hmm. I could easily just be like, no, I'm good. I'm going to stay silent. I'm going to stay quiet. But there's too much happening in the world that directly affects me and people like me that somebody has to speak up and at least be some kind of representation. And that doesn't mean that I will always get it right and that it's perfect. But from my perspective, I can show up and use my voice. Yeah, I love that. And I'm grateful for that. And I know I speak for a lot of people when I say that. And I'm also excited that it's Jay's perspective. It's what you bring to the table. It's not necessarily what what every non-binary performer brings to the table. It's what you bring to the table as an individual. And it's, again, all of this has made me ground myself in me that much more. Mm -hmm. The show doing something like it hot has made me explore my experience and my perspective of being non-binary and standing firm in that and being true to me. One of the things I've been consistent about, I started during the pandemic and have carried through is my meditation practice. Uh, The first thing I do every morning is go to my altar and pray and meditate and meet myself and meet the day and meet the universe and have that moment to just like ground and check in with me. 
And it doesn't matter what time of day that is. It doesn't matter if I'm hungover from the night before. That is the first thing I do getting out of bed. And I commit to that. And one of the day on, it was on St. Patrick's Day. I read this book called Pocket Full of Miracles. And it uses different perspectives, uses different practices, different religions, all kinds of things. And this particular day, it was talking about using the fourfold way of living of show up, be present, tell the truth, and not be attached to the outcome. And the fourth thing is the hard, hardest part, uh-huh. not being attached to the outcome. Oh, I talk about it in therapy all the time, is about my expectations of things. And and that's it, in creating some like a hot, I'm grateful for the evolution we've had mm-hmm. of being able to collaboratively create this thing and for them to trust me and to lean to me for my non-binary experience, to let me lead. And to also allow me to speak up and say, all right, yes, I know you all are worried about reviews and how people will see the perspective of why are we doing men and dresses and this and that and all the things. But let's also effectively create art, let it be beautiful and not be responsible for the outcome. Mm -hmm. All we can do is stay true to what we're creating. And in this instance, in all instances, when there's when it's not just a painter at a canvas, you're all artists in the scenario. So you don't have the painting without Jay. You don't have the painting without Natasha. You don't have the, and so I think that's a really cool thing too. It's like, it wasn't just one, two, three people creating this work. It's fantastic that you were able to bring that to the table. Yeah, it was really beautiful. I have to go back to the altar thing just for a second because two things. Thing one, Twyla Tharp's book, The Creative Habit, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's really great. She lights a candle and then does her yoga and then does the this thing and does the that thing. And that's how she's been able to maintain her sanity. And really, it's by creating a creative habit. And so your meditation is the inciting incident of your creative habit, which I think is very cool. But also, I am I have to ask, when you say altar, do you mean metaphorically? Do you mean literally? No, there I, is a physical altar I go to that I created. I have, I'm so curious about this because I think we're around the same age. And when I hear altar, I think of the the Nickelodeon cartoon, Hey Arnold, and the sort of altar shrine that the girl, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. (laughs) No. I'm like, what is on Jay's altar? Who, whose magazine cutouts are up on this? What candles are lit? Is it like the RuPaul candle and the... Who? It is literally like a little table I found on Urban Outfitters. There are some crystals and stones. I will light an incense. There'll be Palo Santo. There's a little jar of glitter. Yes. That you throw over your shoulder for good luck. Just sprinkle the glitter. <laughs> yeah, so there are a few things. There's a little Love that. that says serenity. And I repeat these words every morning. I am what God made. Beautiful and brave. Every fiber of me is perfectly lovely. I will be myself today. That is a part of my morning ritual and practice to remind myself that I am all that God created to me, the fullness of what that is, perfections, imperfections, and remind myself that I'm going to be true to me today. Whatever that means. Before this meditation practice, how were you able to remind yourself of that every day? I just wasn't consistent with it, but... Yeah. Maybe the answer is you weren't able to. And that's true. okay, too. Very true. And so I'm grateful to have started this practice and remained 
consistent with it. No matter where I am in the world, mm-hmm. I can't physically take my altar everywhere, but that is how I start my day. I take that moment. I'll lay in bed and scroll on my phone to do other things. But the first active thing I do out of my bed is go to my altar mm-hmm. or take this moment to pray, to meditate, to just like tune in for the day and go from there. Yeah. And yeah, prior to, again, talk about this season of my life. I spent a lot of my life quieting my own voice, Mm. going along to get along, doing what made sense for other people. And so I'm grateful for the time of the pandemic to be living alone, to have the freedom and the space to free myself every day, and then to take that out into the world. I used to say I wasn't a political person. I didn't vote. I really stayed out of it so much because I was like, it's convoluted. It's a mess. Y'all can keep it. I want nothing Mm. to do with it. But I had this revelation for myself and it was confirmed with an interview somebody sent me from Toni Morrison and how she was saying, as artists, our life is innately political. Yeah. You can create art that is effective and beautiful. And so as a Black queer human in this world, I leave my home and I'm making a political statement. without by being you. Right. By existing in this world. So I might as well give you something to look at and something to experience. Hmm. Long before I ever made old fashioned choices, people were always double taking and looking at me. And I was like, what, look, what do you see? What I, yeah. is something on my face? And now I take joy in expressing myself fully every day. You said you were quieting yourself, but what was it that changed? Was it self-reflection? Was it meditation? It, were, it was a mixture of all of those things. Yeah. It was the understanding of this, we were all sat with ourselves during this pandemic. And it's very clear who did not choose to take that time wisely. And I'm the kind of person I've always sought truth. And we pre-pandemic were ignoring a lot of truth. Mm -hmm. And so in the unpacking and unearthing of a lot of things, I've been getting back in touch with little Jay and being Mm -hmm. like, no, get back to that innocence and the purity of who you are and calling the shit out. Say the truth. Yeah. Make people feel uncomfortable. That's how you grow. And your career was on a totally, what I guess I will say, standard, traditional, upwards trajectory pre-pandemic. But post-pandemic, it's like supernova. And so that work clearly paid off. Again, I'm grateful for the work for a lot of reasons, just for myself to continue to, uh, again, I've always sought truth and freedom. And so I hope to encourage and to inspire that in others. Oh, um, sure. And all of the, it's, everything is a bonus, right? The Tony Award is a bonus. It's a, it's from the work that you did. And so like how exciting to see that the work really helped open you up to receive that. Yeah. At and being metaphoric and literal. No, truly. And to share that moment with the people I love, like yeah. having my mother as my date. Again, this is the person who taught me to understand that I had something special and to be able to do something with that in the world, that it wasn't just I was given these gifts to let it be about me, because as much as people would like to believe the attention is actually something I personally do not need. Mm-hmm. I like to live my life and walk the street and nobody know who I am. Mm-hmm. It, it is funny to be with my friends and they're like, Didn't you know, they got a Tony. Oh, like, they're the best cheerleaders and hype people in the world. Yeah, but truly, I am okay. Just like walking the streets and be like, you don't have to know who I am. If you do great, thank you. Sure, but I'm not gonna make a moment of it. 
because I'm just being effective and using what I've been given to be a mirror, to be humanity, to be representation, to like let somebody else see anything possible. I yeah. knew what it meant for me to move to New York, not being a theater kid, but leaping, like taking a leap of faith of being like, I sing and dance and people respond, theater, this sounds right, sure. And they define Billy Porter's at the out his his album of at the corner of Broadway and Soul, and being like, so good. Oh, there is somebody in this world I can like. Okay, great. I'm gonna look up to you, and then whatever happens. And so to now be friends with that human, and to now have mm-hmm. worked with that human, and it's oh, I can manifest these things in my life. I can bring forth the freedom and the joy I aim to have. Yeah. Billy is such an interesting example, too, because if you were any sort of theater kid of our generation, you know that Grease cast recording, 1994, yeah. Billy, like Billy Porter was Billy Porter, lowercase b, lowercase p, and hooked it and trucked it. It was like, and so to see Billy come into his authentic self, too, at this stage, you're able to see what that journey is capable of and i think it's so cool and powerful i loved some like it hot you were so wonderful in it i can't wait to talk to you about those things your generous spirit to talk about bigger life things has been so apparent in everything of yours i've consumed that that's why i'm latching on to those things right now yeah, yeah. Um, but w- one other thing i wanted to ask you about that journey and then i want to talk more about just i'm a theater kid so that's what i want to talk but as a gay man i when I was growing up, I didn't see gay marriage because there wasn't any. I didn't see me represented in the world. And then also there was no room made for these humans to just live in their life, to live out loud. One of the questions for you is, there wasn't, isn't an example for you. You are the example now to win a Tony Award as a non-binary performer, to win Best Actor in a Musical. It's insane. Not insane, because like you were brilliant in it. But in terms of what it means and the legacy, the history, it's so fantastic. So how does that make you feel? You, you were being you it, yeah. and you earned it. You know, it, you got it because of the work you were doing. But now you're a beacon of hope for people. What does that feel like? It's, again, it's a line. It's purpose-driven. Yeah. It is a part of why I wanted to do the project originally, like reading the script and seeing the journey I got to it, to have on stage eight times a week. Mm-hmm. The excitement to share that with audiences, not just with queer people, but with everyone. And then, Linda from Ohio. <laughs> legit. And to I see know. them at the stage door, to see baby boomers who loved the original movie, who loved it for what it was, but then to come see the show and be at the stage they're like oh your fluid journey was so beautiful to experience and oh god yeah mm-hmm. you started off as a handsome guy and then this and then the end like it was really beautiful. like and to watch them like on their level get it yeah it's beautiful my favorite experience so far was opening night leon our security stage store guy was very intentional during previews to not watch not to hear the show and he That's would literally so be like headphones, and he'd be like, "No, I want to see it from the front, like first time." Oh. Such a beautiful human. I love that man so much. And he, after seeing the show opening night, next time I saw him, he was like, "I have to tell you." He was like, "I was sitting next to the cisgender white man who was like, joining the show," and he was like, "You finished your song, Act Two. You could have knocked me over with a feather." 
And he heard the man turn to the lady he was with and just say, I need to treat my son better. Mm-hmm. And wow. it's moments like that of why I do what I do. I try to do things with intention mm-hmm. based in my purpose, but most importantly with love. I literally got it tattooed on my body because it's like, those are the things I live by. And so for it to come to fruition like that, for people to really receive this show and what we're doing so beautifully and to go out into the world and think a little differently, that's why I am the artist I am, to be effective in the world, to make you think a little differently than when you came in the theater. Yeah. And, and you're it, able to see it happen, which is cool. Yeah. So it's, it's I don't take it lightly that yeah. in this moment and in this season of my life, it is, I'm being effective in this way and getting the recognition, but it also grounds me in such a way that I move forward more confidently of from here on out, you get EGOT energy from me. I'm walking in what I know I am capable of and what I'm worthy of. And there's no apology for that anymore. There's no playing at it. And thank you. Happy to be here later. Yeah. I don't want to use the word validation because that it's not quite what I'm looking for, but like, yeah. You have a stamp of approval, again, not just the award, but from from these humans who are seeing the show and being changed from your performance. Yeah. You are making change in the world. And that may the EGOT energy <laughs> send you forth. And uh, it's, again, it's like all of that is extra. It's, I don't need it. It is not like I have to get EGOT before I die. But it's the understanding and using that language to, again, encourage and inspire somebody else that anything is possible. Sure. It also doesn't need to be your goal. It's just the way you want to live your life. I'm going to live my life with EGOT energy because that is what I'm worthy of, whether it happens or not. No, truly. And making that space for other people to see it possible for them. Mm -hmm. There have been so many trans and non-binary people who have come to the show who have said to me, I've never been more validated by a character. And to see that kind of hope in these little teenagers, in these theater kids, in these parents who have trans children who come see the show and they're like, thank you. Thank you for showing my child anything's possible. And it's so exciting because... You're not just plopped on the stage, right? We like watch Daphne go on a whole journey within the context. Lots of dancing, lots of singing, big splashy musical numbers. But there is this thing that sort of this little heartbeat engine running through the whole piece where we're watching a human live their truth and go on a journey. So I think that's very special for these parents and young people too to see it's not just it's not just for the sake of a laugh or for the sake of it's not a device it is a fully realized three-dimensional four-dimensional human on stage and so that was very cool to see it's so wonderful to have audience members reflect back that they're like we came to see this comedy but we didn't expect to be in tears or be moved <laughs> damn in it such a way. you're like ah you got us and I'm like, yeah welcome the sneaky tears i love a musical with sneaky tears Ooh. <laughs> but that's what people come to theater for an escape yeah. they want to come and it is such a spiritual moment it is mm-hmm. something i share with artists often 
like students and Q&As of there's a superpower of being an artist. We have the power to effectively change people's hearts and minds, whether they understand the depths of that. There is a, a spiritual connection and a thing happening in the room where you come and you surrender to whatever story you're coming to see. And if you really give into that, you can leave changed. Yeah. And what I find so special about theater and really art in general is it doesn't exist without the viewer. You are, you, it is your job to be present and receive and take something away. Otherwise that art doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. That has been that experience for you. How did it come to be? What is your journey of Some Like It Hot? I joined the project in 2019. That's when I did the first 29 hour reading of it. Mm -hmm. We're in a room for a week, went in reading it out loud, just tweaking it, playing with it. And I think they had done maybe one or two readings prior to that, or at least some demos were made. But yeah, and then we did a first time like choreo full up on its feet workshop in 2020, literally the month before the pandemic. Wow. So we were like, work, awesome, great. Got that out. Pandemic happened. And they're like, okay, we were going to do an out of town, but we'll reassess it and go <laughs> for it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So then closer to the end of the pandemic, we did another like 29-hour reading, read it out loud. And then last January, we did another six-week lab of it at the Little Schubert on 42nd and had people come in the last two weeks and use that as our out-of-town and had audience in. So that was a great gauge of, okay, this is how people respond and then work from there. And then here we are on Broadway. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's so fantastic. You talked a little bit earlier about everyone being open to collaboration, et cetera. Mark Shaman, Scott Whitman, Casey Nicola. Can yeah. you talk a bit about what it was like working with these legends at this point? Like crazy. I mean, truly. And truly was an amazing opportunity. And I'm the kind of person like, I meet a person when I meet a person. You can be whoever you are in the world. Great, fab. But who are you when I, like, who am I getting to know? And so it was wonderful to come into the room and these people all just be so, like, grounded and so loving and collaborative. And truly from the beginning, they've all been like, Matthew Lopez, right? In the book, he's, listen, I, here I am. I, like, I'm writing for our, a Black man in this era of time let me know if things don't feel right and i'm like great wonderful thank you and then also the way we've all evolved through the time of there was a moment during the first reading where i was literally wearing like a little black wobber little sleeveless just like showing up to do the presentation and i had my little happy face sparkly slippers on that i wore for my audition and Casey Nicola came to me and was like, this is so cute. Like, you look adorable. But for the sake of producers, could you, like, find some pants for the presentation? I just want a clean slate. I don't want to give our story away. And just, like, visually so that it helps them just see a clean. And I knew where he was coming from and what he was mm. saying. And I was like, okay, great. I'll run and go to Marshall's and pick up something. And then I was like, no, I'm not buying pants for this moment. Like, I'll run home at least to try looked at the traffic and I would have been late to come back. And I was like, oh, this is what they're getting today. Mm. And if this gets in the way of what you need to see, I'm not the person for this project. Good for you. And I settled that in my spirit. So I was like, work, I'm going to do my best and move on from there. This gets in the way, whatever. 
But luckily, I am a human. They needed to do this thing. And it like, and ever since I was able to come into the room as myself mm-hmm. and let that inform and infuse my character. And they really paid much more attention to the writing and things I say in my life found their way into the script. We did our first meet and greet for post-pandemic of doing the workshop and we go around, say our names, our pronouns. And I always say, J. Harrison G., all things with respect, because I walk in the fullness of my being of, I carry all energy. That is who I am and I walk in that. And so for me to be able to, in the show, when Christian Burrell's character asked me, like, what do I call you? Jerry, Daphne, like, call me whatever, as long as you do it with love and respect. Mm. And to feel audience to do that every night when I say it, it's like, oh. I'm sure I did that when I saw it. Because it, it lands in a way where they see, because like you say, they've watched this human have an experience. Yeah. And this realization, it's, I really don't have the words for this, but just follow me on this journey as I align with myself. Like, it's like, just give me love and respect and we'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Again, it's not my experience as a cis man, but I, but what has been my experience is people not understanding that feeling othered makes you feel the need to be louder so that you can get over the noise so you can attempt to be heard. And so in turn, I think some of the conversations that are being had right now are quote unquote, so loud. And people are saying, why do you got to be so loud about it? I need to be loud about it. So you hear it where really all I'm saying is I just want to be treated like you. I just want respect. Yeah. And And that's what I'm hearing. Oh, truly. And it's also interesting how Watching the world, and especially with all the legislation against LGBTQIA plus community, it's based in fear. You're afraid of freedom. You're afraid of somebody walking in their truth. And again, I'm grateful for the work I've done. And you would think living in New York over in a bubble, and I still experience it. I have fully been on the train in a dress, and a teenager has banged on the door and looked at me and been like, what's wrong with you? Or a man has gotten up off the train as I'm not riding the train with this. Yeah. Why why are you upset about fabric? Why are you mad right. because I'm walking in joy and freedom? It is unearthing something in you. I'm glad I've done the work for me. Go deal with yourself, actually. Yeah. I'm glad that it unearthed something in you to whether you deal with that or not, again, it's on you. But I'm grateful that I've done as long as you're safe. Exactly. I've yeah. done the work to know that does not have bearings on who I am and I carry that. I'm very empathic and so I will take on people's energy, but I'm grateful that I've worked enough to know that I, nope, I don't have to take that on. You're mm-hmm. not going to weigh me down because I'm on my way. These things happen at the time. I'm like, I'm on my way to my Tony-nominated show. So No big deal. Feel how you feel, sis. I'm walking in my purpose and in my, like, with intention. Yeah. This is who God created me to be. I'm just showing up and telling my truth. But I, like I said at the beginning, I imagine though, doing that work in your own head is exhausting. And I'm sorry, that's what your journey is, but I'm grateful for you sharing your experience for doing the work and being a part of it for all of us. You talk about being your most authentic self and leaving the house and just being you, you know, this, I feel like 
is a relatively new thing for me, not in terms of my identity, but just not caring what other people think about myself. And I have had a hard time articulating how I got there. And I don't know if it's like my time in therapy or journaling or whatever, but do you have something that you could point to where you're like, oh, this is what helped me be me? I've never not been myself, which is the funny thing. Mm -hmm. I just keep peeling back these layers and releasing more of it. I guess maybe that's true for me too. Not that I'm going to owe you money now, damn it. Therapy. (laughs) But it's it's like you just said too. It's I give myself grace first and foremost every Mm -hmm. day. And then try to share that with others of, no, I'm just playing and figuring this out too every day. I give myself the grace to to play every single day of like, how do I want to present myself? How do I want to move throughout the world? And let that be true. And also give myself the grace of, I'm not going to be 100% confident about it every day, but I make the choice and then just go with it. And, and maybe you'll learn something new. That's, I've lived this season of my life by the mantra, you have to free yourself to see yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to give yourself the permission to be and to play in such a way that does not, it's not, other people can't interfere with that. You have to be the one who gives yourself that permission, that freedom to be like, all right, I'm going to try something new today. It may not work, or at least it's an opportunity for me to figure out where this lands. I get dressed sometimes and look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, this is a lot. You are being extra today. Okay, here we go. Somebody's going to think that about me, but I've already had that thought for myself. So yeah. I'm like, great, wonderful. So think and look however you're going to look. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it inspires you to like try that thing in the back of your closet you've been holding on to that you're like, oh. Yeah, think and look however you're going to look. Just get out of the way of the door when the subway cars open and let the people out. Live your life and I'm going to live mine. <laughs> I'm going to like. Like I said, this is, I'm so grateful for you to talk about all of these things. Are there things that you wish people were asking you about these days that you don't get to talk about or that you want to be talking about, or you're just like, live in Jay? I'm living Jay. And I also like, I love to meet the moment. I like, yeah. if something arises, wonderful, but I'm not seeking or trying to like get at a certain thing. I know what this moment in the season of my life is that I'm just like operating in that ministry and. If things come up, then I'm like, great, let's address that. But it's exciting to uh, to encourage and to inspire freedom in people. I feel like that is truly a big thing. want to help people walk in freedom and enjoy and to really play in every way. We are more alike than we are different in so many ways, but we're so busy trying to point out the differences that you're like, but why are you mad at me doing me? Yeah. Isn't that exhausting? Mind your business. What, obviously, you this is, you're living in this season of Jay. Yeah. So I, I don't want to press about what's next per se, because I, the wind will take you where the wind takes you. Sure but, but so you're walking in your truth with your EGOT energy. What's the next sort of checkpoint that you're maybe gunning for? There's it, literally everything. I'm, I, I am... I'm not play dreaming anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying oh, one day. Oh. I'm like, no, the day is here and now. Yes. Like, take the moment. <laughs> and truly, yeah. I, I am confidently walking in, again, all that I'm worthy and capable of. I'm excited to really shake things up and keep people being like, wait, you're doing what? Oh, mm-hmm. I, I thought you were. Okay. To just scramble it all up. To keep yeah. people guessing in such a fun way. I love 
this sounds so, I don't care what it sounds like. I love confusing people in the sense of, again, if I'm walking down the street, I'm like, this six four black human in a skirt or a dress or a thing. And, and you're like, huh? And I'm like, you're welcome. It made you question. It made you argue. I hope it makes you explore. Mm-hmm. Because I want to be able to open the eyes of all of our understanding to the space that we have not, again, allowed humans to exist for so long, the stories we have not been telling that have always existed. Again, even with some like it hot, I'm like, queer people have always existed. They have just never been given the spotlight for their humanity to be shown. Mm -hmm. And I had this revelation a long time ago for myself of, as a child, we know who we are and what we want out of life. There's a moment in your life where you're like, these are my hopes and dreams. And then your family and society and the world gets in the way of that and tells you that's wrong or this is not how you're successful and you should try this because this is like the easy and the safe way and the whatever. And so you start taking on all of these narratives that are not your own. Hmm. And all we're doing as adults are fighting to get back to that innocence and purity of who we are. And so little me is, has been limitless and has always been so imaginative. And so I'm excited to get back to what did I feel as early as five years old? That's who the peeling I, back the onion. You're peeling back to little you. And truly like making sure that anything that I am grounded in and that it resonates with me, I'm like, how early have I had this feeling? And so I'm excited to get back to that limitless thinking, to that imaginative place of what is true to me and really operating from that and not allowing other people's voices to be the lead voice in my head. Mm -hmm. That's incredible and something I think we all should be striving for in general. That's true for everybody, even not in the queer community. Yes. We all had, I don't want to say all, most people, a lot of people experienced imaginative play when they were a child. They experienced new experiences, creative opportunities. But I hope that everybody listening thinks back to their childhood. What did little Jason want to be? What did little Linda in Ohio want to be when she was a kid? And I think that it's such an ex exciting is not the right word. It's such a an empowering message for you to share with us so thank no, you it's again with all that's happening in the world you're like you're operating in fear because somebody told you something was wrong yes Put that on and you're upset because change is already happening and you're trying to stay in control of that thing but it's funny what happens when we actually release control and let life happen it's scary it's scary but it's but... also it's very much the experience of some like it hot yeah. Circumstances put us in this place that we had to save our lives as these characters. And look what we found. Mm -hmm. The truth that was under life that we were just existing and doing. And then we got freedom in this way that like was expounded. And you're like, wait, how did I get here? I don't know, but I'm not mad about it. Okay, work. Yeah. Wait, how was the White House? You were just at the White House. Yeah, like just went to Tony and then next day at the White House. Cast I saw that. Oh my God. But it, again, I'll, I'll talk about a bigger thing than me. There were definitely beautiful moments of walking through the White House and 
they were showing us the last part of the building in the basement where it had not been painted white and it was like still left from the fires. And I took a moment of realizing the bigger picture of how I am my ancestors' dreams beyond to be casually walking around this White House with a Tony of things my ancestors who built that place could not have imagined. And that is not lost on me. And so it's, again, bigger and greater than me and relished in those moments to be able to just have a moment of solitude, of serenity, to sit with that, to understand the gravitas of the moment and the, the moving of the needle forward for society and the world for us all to just grow that much more. So it was definitely, and oh God, just like Corinne Jean-Pierre, like her as the speaker as a queer Black woman in the White House, like, just hugging her mm. was the sweetest little, like, we just hugged each other a little tighter, and it was just so grounding and so beautiful. Of All right, we're doing what we can with our own little corner and our own little chair, and, like, making a difference. And, like, we, without words, acknowledge that for each other and also with words in conversation. But it was of just course. Like, but to be able to share in that moment together you didn't need the words was something that you were able to do. Yeah. Oh, that's so special. I could sit here and talk to you forever, but I want you to go and relax and get ready for your show tonight. It's such a pleasure. Jay, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and bringing your most authentic self to our little corner of the JCC world up on the Upper West Side. Your performance in Sun Like It Hot is terrific. The show itself is a joy and so much fun. And all of our listeners who have not seen it yet should go. Thank you so much for being here and have a great Thank show tonight. Thank you. Such a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you too. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Jay can be seen eight times a week starring in their Tony-winning performance in Broadway's Some Like It Hot. You can visit somelikeithotmusical.com to learn more. Make sure to check out our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, share us with your friends, write a review, and subscribe so you'll be the first to know when the latest episode drops. 76 West is produced by Udi Ehrman and me, Jason Blitman. Our audio engineer is Matt Tempkin. Until next time. 